Life Audio. Welcome to Gospel Rant. I'm Dr. Bill Senior. This is the seventh episode of my new series, Power to Change, P2C7. We looked at the God-sourced fruit of the Spirit, love, last time. We're back on that topic using that old Three Dog Night song title. I guess that eight, that dates me. How important is accessing the love of God, the God-sourced love through the Spirit for your daily walk as a Christian? Well, to your sense of self-worth and identity, your relationships, your worship, your prayer life, your hope for Jesus' return is critical. And let me know what you think after you see this show. Bill at gospel-app.com. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a word from our sponsors and get right into it. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's chapter 5 of Galatians, verse 22. Uh, there was a fantastic old book, The Joy Luck Club. It was a great movie. Check it out on Netflix. An May is one of four Chinese-American matriarchs who tell their amazing stories. Before she immigrated, An May's mother had been raped by a powerful businessman in her village because of the shame she was rejected by her family and had nowhere to live, no chance of survival. So she begged the rapist to take her in, to become his servant, his concubine. Right? So she became his third wife, and her child was taken by the first wife to be raised. Can you imagine? I mean, in the end, she commits suicide in the Chinese way to quote, give her weak spirit to her daughter so that she would know what she is really worth. But that's the point, right? Uh, what are you worth? So in, in one scene, we see young An Mei screaming at her mother's funeral because she learned what she was worth and could only scream. Kind of a rebirth in a Buddhism kind of context. Well, that's the background. Later on, An May is counseling her daughter, Rose, who is just the same as her mother. She has this notion of being the shamed third wife. She doesn't know what she is worth. So Rose is unhappy. She finds it difficult to assert her opinions, to stand up for herself, to make decisions. She's married to a man, but is not a real partner. She defers to him in everything. It has devalued their marriage. She's miserable, but filled with a sense of being a failure and a non-person. And so An May advises her this. I was taught to desire nothing, 
to swallow other people's miseries and to eat my own bitterness. Even though I taught my daughter the opposite, she came out the same way. You're just like my mother, never knowing what you're worth until too late. So, Attic, here's the question. Christian Jesus follower, do you know what you're worth? Well, I mean, really. If, if you don't, then you're a tragic character, a person of, of great worth, immense worth. Jesus thinks so, but you're acting as if you're a third wife, a wife of shame. I didn't know what I was worth. But when I was a young boy, I was chubby. And, of course, being chubby can be difficult. For a child, and on top of that, I was in private schools, and so you know, you went to the level you were tested out, and I ended being put a couple ahead of grades, so I was emotionally out of step and and odd ducked out. It seems like a, a great thing on the surface to move me up two grades, but you know, I was emotionally, relationally two years behind my class. So even though I was a really good in school and even a, a good athlete, a great athlete, I devalued myself. I took note of my stock, and I sold it very short. My memory is that I was always on the perimeter of a lot of clicks, never in one. I mean, that's my memory. I had to use my sense of humor and athletic ability to get noticed, uh, to get picked, you know, for sports teams. But I felt overlooked. Uh, loads of hidden insecurities, fears of failure. I remembered looking at my chubby 12-year-old body in the mirror once when I got out of the shower and thought to myself, am I enough to be loved by anybody? I've been a sad, heady thing for an adolescent. So here's the point. My little adolescent mind measured my worth by not being in the in-group, being overweight and relationally awkward. My stock in my own estimation of worth plummeted. So do you know your worth? Let me ask you another question. How do you measure your worth? How you appear, how you appear to others or yourself could be very different. It's quite difficult keeping up appearances, right? There is always the fear of being caught without makeup or letting your gut out or saying something stupid or wrong. Your career, your lack of career, that could be volatile too. Your stock could swing wildly. How you think that those close to you measure your worth, your identity would swing during arguments then, how your friends see you, do they like you today or not, do they call, do they have you over, do you measure your worth from events that happened in the past that are undealt with, Thing, people hurt you, people took stuff from you, betrayed you, right, maybe they treated you badly in your head, and, and that for, it could be the most important measurement of your bottom line worth. If you were a person of real honor, they would have treated you differently, right? Social media has just expanded all of this, where our worth is measured hourly. Well, during my awkward times, I put a lot of energy into my friends through my sense of humor. I worked at it, uh, but it meant that I was always on. Never could be really me. I'm not even sure what me was. And not to mention, I didn't like the me that I thought I was. Do you measure your worth and value by your wealth portfolio? Do you jump from experiential high to high? Do you medicate so you don't even have to think about all of this stuff? So then when I was 35 and in seminary, something shifted. I was a student at a community group, 
and it was required. Dr. Gordon Fee, the New Testament professor, was overseeing the community group. And the idea was that everyone in the group was to share their journey with Christ, something deep and personal and intimate from the heart. <laughs> well, I didn't, you know, I just didn't do that. Uh, you know, this was very unappealing to me. That's the last thing I wanted to do in front of strangers. A lot of the energy was subconscious, by the way. I could see so much after the chubby kid was exposed, though. You know, I didn't have anything that I thought was really worth sharing. That's how I approached it. And honestly, I didn't want to risk being rejected, I can see now, or worse, being overlooked, (laughs) I can see now. Uh, Does that make sense? So I passed every time my turn came along. The group graciously let me slide, (laughs) but it still made me feel ashamed. I remember one group where this really successful guy, I mean, he was liked by everyone in the group, and he shared. And he had a small, wrinkled picture of a sad-looking kid. He started to speak and then started crying uncontrollably. After a bit, he began again, and he said something like this, I have just come to see that God loves this sad little boy. And he cried again. Well, you know who he was talking about? That was him. The picture was him as a little boy. He didn't know what he was worth. But somehow, in a mysterious miracle, he got it. I mean, at the seminary. And he was wrong. The little boy had tremendous worth, but he didn't really know it then. But he does now, or he was beginning to know now. He was measuring worth with the wrong ruler. So he finally got and understood that the real worth and and value is ultimately measured by God and God alone. God bought up all of the kid's stock, became majority owner, so to speak, and the kid was free. Well, uh, that rattled me. A week later, God did the same thing for me. One of the profs saw that I didn't know my worth and was working hard with me to make me see it, and I got the greatest miracle a son or daughter of God could receive. I got a glimpse, just a glimpse, a powerful glimpse of how God measures me, my worth. Uh, as a, and even back then as a child, I had no idea, and I cracked. I finally shared it with the group. It was a bit of a rebirth, and the group was amazing, by the way. So what does this have to do with God's agape, God's love, his eros, his phileo, his storge? Everything. I'll tell you more after we come back from a word from our sponsors. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Look, we humans, Jesus followers and non-Jesus followers, go through our days measuring our worth. It's critical to us. It's human. Our estimation of our worth can swing wildly. Our self-esteem, our awareness of our worth from others' perspective can also swing wildly too. So we put a great deal of energy, some positive, some negative, into keeping our sense of worth as high as we can. Social media, man, that's where, that's where it makes its bones. That's where, whew, people go to social media to measure their worth. It's, there it is. Well, some of our struggle is automatic, subconscious, um, you know, sometimes it's just the devalued flesh acting out. Remember Thonos, envy, which is depersonalizing everyone into a rival, the zealous, jealousy, and all-consuming yet never satisfied want. There's porneia, which is repetitive and loveless sex, but dopamine hits that come with that. There's asalgeia, orgies, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, comoy, ugly parodies of community, uh, the castasia, noisy bickering dissensions. There's Eris, cutthroat competition. So these last two, see, I find people who like me, who agree with me, who don't uh, challenge me, and, and I'll, I'll leave those people who don't. And all of those things, I'm struggling subconsciously to find my value, to be valued, to, to seem like I'm valued. That's at the heart of every chick flick that has ever been filmed. Dream of a relationship where I can at last let my hair down, stop sucking in my gut. I don't have to be on. I don't have to be, I don't have to have a good day or have been successful or funny. I can be valued by others all the time as I am. That's what I want. That's what my, my brain wants. That others can see me and go, wow, Bill's in the room. You know, uh, hey, Bill, come over here. Come play with us. Uh, come talk to us. You know, I, we like you. Uh, we want to hang with you. We want to be on your team, right, in, in adolescent psychology. Then if that would happen, wouldn't we think that all of the works of the flesh might be diminished, might atrophy just a little bit. I wouldn't need to compete for attention or approval so much. I wouldn't be envious of others so much, pursue ugly parodies and counterfeits of community so much. I wouldn't divide and polarize as much, you would think. Well, it doesn't work that way. Uh, There's just not enough valuation of worth in the world to fix my midbrain. Uh, by the way, I mean, look at the United States, the polarization, the divisions, oh my gosh, the isms. See, we have been made, we've been created for a singular, God-sourced fruit of the Spirit, love. Without that, our flesh will continue to desperately look for counterfeits. It just will. And we must be seen as right and lovable, and there's only one right, righteousness and lovability, love, that works. Uh, Yuri Bronfenbrenner, I use this quote quite a bit, but it says that every child, me too, needs at least one adult who is irrationally crazy about him or her. He's speaking secularly. We need human, but ultimately we need God. This is what our, what our brain's jonesing for. We want to feel and know and experience God being irrationally crazy about me. 
and he was on the cross. It's just I have a hard time experiencing that because of my midbrain. If you're a Jesus follower, you have been given Jesus' record of rightness and his lovability. So you see what that implies? Your stock value is now off the chart. Your value, your worth as a son or daughter of God is beyond anything you've ever done or ever will do. And it's handed to you through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. It's yours. It's just hard to experience. So much so that God treats you as if you have been perfectly faithful son or daughter. He treats you the same way he treats his own son. You have been lifted way above the pack, at least in God's estimation, and that's really the one that counts. In fact, this worth is more true about you now than all of your accomplishments and failures put together, all of your your social media personas put together, rolled into one ball. Your real worth is what Jesus earned for you, and it's already yours. And so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit look at you now, and their breath is taken away. I'm speaking humanly, right? right? They don't have breath. Well, Jesus does. Their holy knees buckle when they see you in the room. Again, humanly speaking, whether you're on or off today, addict, whether you beat that addiction today or relapse today or not, whether you're, you're homeless and on the street or not, when God sees you, his holy, holy knees buckle, humanly speaking, The angels get it too, by the way. You're a full card-carrying prince or princess in the kingdom right now. You were yesterday too. You, You will be tomorrow too. And the question is, do you get this? Or are you out of sync with seeing your true worth? Look, in another term, are you right now feeling God's love for you? That's God's love. This is the nature of God's love. It looks at you and is stunned, full of absolute approval of you, not just as you are. That would be worth the price of admission. But but wait, there's more. God's approval is beyond as you are. It's as Jesus is. It's wild and off the charts. You didn't earn it. He did. And it's all yours. This is not like the the love of the world at all. This is so much better than the make-believe love of chick flicks. So, let me ask again, do you know what you're worth? I mean, really, really worth. Have you experienced it today? Have you experienced it this week? Have you experienced this this month or this decade? But let me say this, Jesus follower, if you're tired of keeping up this house of cards, your personal worth in the eyes of others and yourself, the mirror, can I introduce you again to a person who can set you free experientially? He can make you feel worth. He can make you feel loved. He can make you feel valued beyond anything that you've earned. Um, Look, how many times have you experienced that recently? And this miracle comes with no hidden strings, no legalese, no conditions. Well, there were conditions, but a gracious benefactor already paid them, Jesus on the cross. The sense of worth And being loved and adored is way beyond what you've ever imagined you could achieve. And matter of fact, even the most wonderful, attractive, and successful person could ever achieve and expect. I can point you to a person that can just hand it to you, this experience. It's already yours if you're a Christian, but the experience. It looks like you could use it, addict, 
because you're putting way too much pressure on your spouse, your kids, your employment, your appearance, your success, your actions, your choices. Oh, yeah. And you don't have to change to get this sense of worth. You don't have to do anything. It's a little disturbing because it sounds too good to believe. I get that. But wouldn't it be good news if it were true? And it is. What do you think? And by the way, you can't lose it either, right? All the conditions that led to such dramatic love have already been paid for, not by you, but by somebody else. So it's an unremovable gift. Interested? So how do you know if you're experiencing it? How do you know when it hits you? Right? Well, look at the works of the flesh. Paul says they're obvious. I mean, are you seeing the works of the flesh in your life, your behavior, your choices, your motivation? Or are you seeing them being diminished significantly? See, that would be a miracle. This God-sourced love, this miraculous love is a power. Power. Listen to Paul in Ephesians. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. Boom. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So you got Christ who has your back. You know it somehow. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. You are beginning to have his power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and high and long and deep is the love of Christ. You're feeling worth. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge is, is bigger than you can figure out that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, I don't know being what that means, being filled with all the fullness of God, but it's good. And you would notice a difference. And in some ways, it displaces your jonesing for self-medication because you don't need it as much, right? Another fruit of this love immediately present is that you begin to feel a new power overflowing with a, a want to love others all those imperfect folks around you, and it's going to surprise you, and it's going to certainly surprise them. This powerful love flowing through the Holy Spirit through you, in you, uh, through your emotions, your actions, your thoughts, it's going to feel differently. It's also going to ignite within you this freedom to open up yourselves to the love of others, to actually be loved. Uh, this is the opposite of using other people, leveraging relationships. This dramatic, celestially sourced Love is self-opening, it's vulnerable, it's sacrificial. It's uh, more than a mere commitment or choice commonly prescribed today. Yeah. Here's Sharon Hurst speaking to addicts looking for that worth and lovability. Almost without exception, the men and women who come to my counseling office for help with their addictions come bathed in self-contempt, professing certainty of God's disapproval and alienation. I discovered early in my work with addicts that my passionate pleas about God's forgiveness and unconditional love only elicited further cries of contempt. So speaking about the love of God even caused contempt to bubble up in her clients. I recall one woman confessing her gambling addiction that culminated in her spending $3,000 every other day at the slot machines. With shoulders slumped and eyes downcast, she moaned, I just can't believe what a mess I've made of things. My family, our finances, my marriage, I am nothing but a failure. I began to understand the meaning of her words when I responded, you're wrong. You are much more than a failure, but you are a failure. She sat up straight looked me right in the eyes, and defiantly asked, 
What do you mean I'm a failure? <laughs> the addict lives outside the tension of grace and judgment by saying I'm a failure, but believing I'm really not that bad. Addicts usually come to counseling because they cannot deny something is awry. Sadly, much of the work done in the field of addiction keeps the addict out of tension by misdiagnosing or diminishing that something. The attempt to relieve judgment by redefining grace or by blaming choices on someone else keeps many addicts out of the sacred tension that eventually releases them from the bondage of their addiction. Hey, to be clear, addict, it's your midbrain. If you want to blame something, it's you. Uh, It's you that's driving your addiction. It's jonesing for worth and healing from past trauma, and it's jonesing for that powerful dope hit that covers up that past trauma and the issues, and it's going to keep on doing so no matter what you say about being or not being a failure, uh, having no worth, until you run to Jesus, you risk it all, and ask for his power. He loves failures. That's all there are. Redeemed failures. That's all there are. And in his eyes, you will finally see what you're truly worth. It's a big deal. I said that I would put a simple tool in your hand, biblical and relevant. It's scientifically, it has helped people, addicts, great addicts, chronic addicts. So here it is. Don't despise it. Say it aloud, word for word, two times a day for 45 days. Just do it. If you miss a day, great. Pick it up the next day. Twice a day, more than twice a day, if you're struggling or relapsing, you're, you're uh, gone to some dangerous places to find worth. Right? No shame for me. I got your back. I believe in you. Well, I believe in his spirit in you. So sit back and listen. Or even better, say it along with me. Jesus follower, strictly because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, God actually loves you. He does. He loves you with all of his heart, as much as the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. He can't love you any more or any less than he does right now. He loves you as you are. Christian, we understand that. You might have messed up. You might have been beat up. You might have had things taken away from you. You might be traumatized, and yet God loves you as you are. Jesus paid for that. Remember from another show, his love is perfectly conditional and Jesus paid the conditions. So he loves you. Humanly speaking, he has to, humanly speaking, but he does. That's the point. He loves you as you are, not as you should be or could be. Right? Not if you're a better Christian, not if you tithe more or pray more. He loves you now. You can't add to this love or take away from it. Now I get it. It often feels like you've messed it up or need to do something so that God would like you better. Not so. I mean, that's, that's my tendency, right? And, uh, but I'm shame prone. How do you experience it more now? Simple. Good news. There is something you can do and are invited to do. You can take daily baby steps to ask the spirit inside of you to make you know. Stop the help me prayers. It won't do you any good. Make me. It's power. Make you know, experience and feel just how much God loves you right now. Just ask. Ask again later today, tomorrow. Make it a spiritual habit. And, and make note. Uh, have a, a spouse, a friend, uh, a, a pastor, a counselor. 
ask you questions. I mean, are you noticing, are you feeling a little less stressed, a little anxiety, a little less lonely? Are you feeling more loved by God? Are you feeling more hopeful? Are you seeking to self-medicate a little less often? Are you leveraging relationships less often? Are the, if you're an addict, are drugs and alcohol or porn or gambling or sex giving you less hits, less powerful hits? Are you happier? And remember, say the simple and cluttered gospel twice a day for 45 days. Let me know what you think. What's happening? Bill at gospel-app.com. Look, we're working on a habit, so it's going to take some time to drip, drip, drip of good news for your midbrain to grab hold of this. That's why we say say it word for word. And, and, and this love is yours now strictly because of Jesus. It's not because of what you've done or not done. Your midbrain just can't handle that. So twice a day for 45 days. And keep me informed. I'd like to post the, the great testimonies on the webpage, or I might even put them in a future show. You can get the Simple Uncluttered Gospel in bookmark form from gospelrant.com or gospel-app.com. Get a bunch. Put them all over your home. Give them to your uh, Bible study group. Uh, they'll thank you. I'm writing a book on the overlooked and underappreciated women in the Old Testament. It's fascinating, must-read, particularly ladies. If you want to get on a mailing list to know when it's published, bill at gospel-app.com. And make sure you follow this podcast. It really is important to us to get the word out to family and friends. I mean, email, phone, put it on social media, Facebook. Put a testimony on Facebook. I just heard this podcast and it made me realize blah, 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 blah. It'll make a big difference if a thousand people did that. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many people would pay attention and actually listen. If you're an addict, look, stay in your 12-step group and stay in counseling. But do this stuff in parallel. Yeah? Keep listening. Take heart, child of God. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.